0: Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing
1: mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in.
2: Welcome back to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast.
1: Happy holidays.
2: Yeah, it's that time of year. Matt, I have an amazing gift for you and our listeners today. <laughs> I'm going to give you the secret of generating wealth, passive income, and not being stressed about okay, it. Okay, let's hear it.
1: Lay it on Yeah.
2: So it's actually our guest today, Graham <laughs> McGee from Century 21 <laughs> yeah. Vernon. This guy has been an absolute lifesaver for me, manages some residential and commercial properties out there. And you know, when people talk about building a team in real estate, having property manager that knows the ins and outs of the buildings and people to work with and trades and how to screen tenants
1: is by far one of the most important roles. So, And yeah. he's not at all. He was an agent. He's a manager. Yeah. Focus is more in North Okanagan, right? Vernon. Yeah.
2: So we talk a lot about the Vernon market.
1: Yeah. He does commercial leasing, commercial sales.
2: He did a huge project up in Silver Star when he first got in. So yeah, he's done a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, he's been a huge, huge help to me. So reach out to him if you're in that area and you got some commercial properties you want to talk about and leasing and property management and does it all.
1: Yeah, it's a great episode to talk about. Yeah. Also, right at the perfect time of year for me to get COVID again, for the love of God. Yeah. I honestly kind of forgot that this is even still around and then I just get whacked in the face with it.
2: Have you ever gotten it before?
1: Yeah, I got it before in the middle of the summer. Not. Yeah, I guess a year and a half ago. And like that one also took me down for a while. And then, yeah, I was sick yesterday and COVID never even crossed my mind. And then Beckett, my wife was like, you need to take a test. So I take a test, positive as hell. Like, you have got to be kidding me. I did <laughs> yeah. not know this is Yeah, you kind of forget so, about that stuff. Yeah, good thing we're doing this Yeah, personally.
2: so <laughs> we recorded Graham's episode a few weeks ago. So you're yeah. you're in the clear. But yeah, we did this recording for the intro yeah, yeah. More recently. I'm definitely housebound yeah. right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is our last episode for the holidays. Then we'll take a one-week break, and we'll crack into the 2024 year with you guys. Yeah, we've got some great guests, and we're creeping up on our 50th episode. So... Yeah, it's time to celebrate.
1: 2024 is going to be a stellar year. I can just feel it. For the podcast. Yeah. For everyone. Year of prosperity.
2: For your immune system.
1: <laughs> for my immune system. Yeah, <laughs> definitely is going to be a top notch for next year. But yeah, I think 2024 yeah. is going to be a good year all around. Mostly because the podcast is doing well, but other reasons do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we do well, you do well.
2: Yeah, we'll let you tune in to Graham's episode here. And um, yeah, enjoy. Merry Christmas. Okay, welcome to the show, Graham McGee. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Or yeah. should I say, thanks for having us? We're in your office. We invaded your office and uh, making the most of it. Yeah. So, one question we like to ask right off the bat, just so our listeners can kind of get to know you tell us about your perfect Friday, what kind of gives you energy, and what makes you productive leading into the
0: weekend. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people, they tend to say, oh, I get up at five and I, I'm not that guy. <laughs> yeah, <is> yeah. <laughs> Matt's like, finally, someone that's honest with me. I, as much as I'd like to say that I'm up at five and meditating and... full shower? Not really, no, <laughs> no. You know, for me personally, it's roll out of bed, get the kids rolling. I mean, I've got a son that's 12. And then my daughter now, she's 17, so it's changed a little over the years, but got to get him going and out the door, get him to school. But for me personally, I mean, now we're getting into potentially ski season here. So, I mean, if I know that there's a big stash of pow to be had up at Silver Star, I'll get a hold of a buddy and we'll pop up there for a couple hours. I mean, that's the great thing about Silver Star and Vernon here. I mean, the proximity is, what, 30 minutes, basically, yeah. and you're, you could be on the hill and get a couple good hours in and then... Back down and to yeah, the office. Way and, closer and, than Big White is to Kelowna Yeah, I know. I don't know if people realize that, you know, really the proximity is, you know, from downtown here. You're on the hill skiing within 35 minutes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. which and, is crazy too,
2: because they have an amazing village there. It's like you would assume like a ski hill that's only half an hour away from downtown wouldn't need such a good village, but it's pretty established. Yeah. Eh?
0: yeah and it, well, the growth over the last five, 10 years has been insane there. It's really taken off. So, you know, barring these, foreign buyer issue that's going on and so on. There's not been quite as much action, but there's still the locals and just from, you know, whether it be Ontario or Alberta, there's been lots of buyers up there. So yeah, yeah. it's still growing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So from there, I'll uh, pop down to my office here and get a decent day's work. And I mean, it really depends for me where I'm, you know, back and forth between commercial or residential, what I'm doing for the day. I like commercial real estate and that side of the business a little because of you know, just a more of a Monday to Friday type scenario. So yeah. uh, that's kind of a nice thing, but you know what? <laughs> day uh, ends up four. Yeah, you know how it is, Matt. Like, you never know, right? I mean, you think, oh, okay, yeah. you know, Friday afternoon, I should be able to take yeah. off. But uh, yeah.
2: people it's want to... I like Saturday at 6 p.m., you know, just because just yeah. I know... Just because you know he's free. On. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm the only one called. call. Yeah. Here we
0: go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, but then, you know, finish off a day on a Friday with maybe the family getting together and going out for a bite to eat and... Yeah. and Hopefully, uh, there's uh, not too many activities going on through the weekend, but yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. And Vernon's got more and more places to go for food nowadays.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's coming coming yeah. it's coming. I mean, geez, we've got a cactus club now, yeah. so it's. So uh, you know you made it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Love that.
0: Yeah. I mean, to
2: focus a little bit more on Silver Star too, like when you relocated to Vernon. That's kind of where the start was?
0: Yeah. I mean, I got a taste of Silverstar back in actually my college days. I did a co-op work term up at Silverstar and really loved it. I was taking hospitality management back then and did a winter up here. So subsequently, back to Victoria, did a few years there, and then was in Vancouver for a number of years, and my wife and her family had moved here from Prince George, actually, down to Vernon. We were thinking about kids and so on, and it just came to the realization that you know maybe Silver Star could be the place to look into. So sure enough, I did, and they were looking for someone to open up a new hotel up there. So I applied and got the job a week later, and (laughs) so we're on the move. And yeah, so I spent better part of five years up there managing hotels and properties and so on and uh, yeah it was a good life. Did you live up there? Or you, lived in or you Lived Lived part-time up there yeah I had a place in the hotel there that yeah. I could stay at and so on. so that was great so yeah. You managed wasn't it a building that was being developed as well didn't you kind of like GC? I got hired on for a project up there called Snowbird Lodge to open that up and I arrived in July of 05 I think it was and wasn't ready and (laughs) it was like now what they're like your steel toes bro yeah so they're like uh (laughs) do you want to run events for the hill for the year i'm like Sure. So I became their events manager for a year and then sort of partway through the year, they're like, we are not going to get this hotel open next year, even if we don't like have somebody coordinating things. And so I jumped in that side of it and helped just coordinate it, getting that place ready to go. And subsequently the next fall we got open and yeah, it was, it's a beautiful property. I mean, it was 60 units. Every one of them had a hot tub, had, you know, high end finishings. It was beautiful spot so right at the end of the village there so yeah that was kind of the start for them and silver star they'd really never got into that accommodation side of things or owning their own properties but yeah so that was the start of it and subsequently they've built another firelight and other accommodations there so it's taken off yeah Yeah. sweet so what do you do now like what's your day-to-day now like Basically, after my days at SolarStar, I uh, bounced around from a senior's care for a couple of years, and then that got me into getting a property management license. So, yeah, basically, there was a need there within the seniors community of they built a building, decided, you know, they needed someone to manage this thing from an outside perspective with Strata being involved and so on. So I got my license. Met the folks at Remax and got on with them. And subsequently, they bought a book of business, which I in turn took over. Yeah. And uh, yeah, did 10 years with Remax, managing literally hundreds, if not thousands of properties. And yeah, that led to kind of realizing that where am I going with this? I mean, my license is well to sell. Yeah. And so then I was doing property management for residential, commercial, sales for residential, commercial and just got to the point where it's too much, right? And you're just like, wow, I gotta step back and realize what's gonna be the best sort of focus and attention on here. So I uh, led myself towards the commercial side of things more and that's what I've been focusing on. But I mean, you look at Vernon and itself as a commercial entity, back 10 years ago, there wasn't, the extent of business to be had was not as great, right? So now you had to kind of branch out and do a little bit of everything, but it's really changing. And, you know, now obviously you look at Vernon, it's not just Vernon, right? It's Vernon itself has what, 43,000, around 43,000 people. But you've got Coldstream, that's basically part of Vernon. That's another twelve thousand. You've got Armstrong, you've got Lumbee, you've got Enderby. So, you know, combined. (laughs) A little bit of Lavington too, yeah. So but I mean that combined total is over seventy thousand people. Yeah. And those smaller communities really don't have the infrastructure to sustain they've got the odd restaurant, they've got, you know, but they don't have a Walmart. They don't have a Home Depot. They don't have all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we get a lot of that Or a cactus club. Or a cactus club. So yeah. (laughs) yeah, they're coming
2: here and like what have you been seeing as a trend then like population growth like are you seeing a lot of people you're saying from maybe not overseas but from vancouver toronto or even you know Kelowna. like are coming into vernon because it's somewhat more affordable or you can get a bigger lot and better lifestyle
0: yeah well i mean you know vernon is kind of the langley to vancouver kind of scenario where yeah things are a little cheaper here you know your average host price we're hovering around 760 you know and high times of COVID that got up into the eights but really you know it definitely a lot more affordable compared to a Kelowna and through those COVID years just the population growth here and the folks from Toronto and all these people are realizing that we can work from wherever I mean I remember having some clients that moved here from Toronto that were working for the University of Toronto and the CAA and basically they said you know they just could go wherever they want. So they're like, let's go to the Okanagan. And when they kind of had a choice between, you know, there's Penticton, Kelowna, Vernon, you know, there's those few options that people look at and they decide, you know, for our family, I mean, this is a really family environment of, you know, things to do here. They've got two lakes, you've got ski hills, you've got golf courses here. So, you know, there's a lot to offer. And it's just a matter of, you know, that residential push is really now, led into what the commercial side of things is just we need to catch up on the infrastructure around commercial property, you know,
2: what's here. Yeah, so let's focus on that a bit. Like in terms of commercial small businesses, demand meaning there isn't enough leasable commercial space or there just aren't enough small businesses to support like the population growth?
0: Well, I mean, we're getting to a point where they're starting to realize that, listen, those commercial spaces need to be built for small business because vernon's kind of a dichotomy of you know there's the old heritage style 30th avenue properties where we are here and then there's the north end of town that's got more of the big box type stuff and the newer buildings but we're at the point where there needs to be that infill of smaller commercial spaces office spaces and so on that either are renovated or new that these folks can look at putting their small businesses into because really there's a huge demand i mean i know In the last while, I've been doing a lot of leasing, and it's, you know, RMTs, physios, you know, doctor's offices, things that are needed. There's just a real void in the Vernon market right now where, you know, some of those things just need to play out here soon. So it looks like they're coming too. Do you work with a lot of dentists?
1: Do you see them all? I do, actually. (laughs) Where is this going? You drive around Kelowna and Vernon, and like... Other places too, but I've noticed this, that there is like a lot of brand new dentist offices. Mm. I'm like, what? This business is booming. Like, we must have the most beautiful teeth in our Like, honestly, because like so many of the new buildings are dentist offices. And like, I had a client call. They want to spend $12 million on a dentist office. Looking around town, there already is a whole bunch. Like, obviously they know that there's a demand for this. Well, there's a dentist office just around the corner. In this building. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. just did a big reno because I think yeah. they realized they're like, they looked around and they're like, geez, if we don't reno this place and get yeah. it up to the- Well, they did you think know. about leaving, right? And
2: they couldn't, I guess, find anywhere that was suitable. So they, yeah, they reinvested into the building. Yeah. But on that point, so I have a dentist friend and yeah, she's looking to buy a practice or build one. <laughs> I bet she is. Yeah. So we went out for a walk up in the trestles, like behind Kelowna there, East yeah. Kelowna. And we took the old way out. Have you seen the Save on site up there? No, I don't yeah. think I have. It's gotta be the wealthiest Save on site in the world. It's got like a 180 view of the lake. It is unbelievable. Mm, really? Yeah. I'm driving. Be the by first
1: it. grocery store in history to have windows.
2: Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, I would come here just for the view. Yeah. But I think when she was looking at it, it was like 44 bucks a square foot or something. They were talking about doing leasing. Like that is insanely expensive. I don't know how you're going to profit that way. You just go but, out a dentist, dude. That's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Patterson, he must be making a ton money. So in terms of like lease rates in Vernon, then you're telling me I bought in the wrong part of town. (laughs) So you're saying up there is, I guess it's developing, it's newer infrastructure. Like does just the general resident of Vernon want to spend more
0: time there or do they want to build businesses there? Not necessarily, because like I say, I mean, just I've shown property up there a lot and it's like you say, you're looking at $30 a square foot, you know, your TI cost to build out a space. I mean, I was talking to one dentist in particular. (laughs) We were looking at a space and, you know, you're looking at 2,500 square feet and his build out cost was going to be $450,000 plus his seven plus a month so yeah like you got to be a dentist or someone like that to be able to afford those kind of prices so it is tougher for that smaller business to get in because of just the way some of those costs where you've got the downtown core here where some buildings are still in that kind of pre-70s look and style and so on that theoretically you're looking at 14 to 17 dollars a square foot you know with triple net you know maybe around 20 so that certainly a little more reasonable. Yeah. So maybe we can break that down for a listener a little bit too. So
2: like when we're talking 30 bucks a square foot, that's annualized, right? So it's thousand square feet. So it'd be 30 grand over like 12 month period. And then when you're talking triple
0: net, do you want to explain that a little bit? Like generally how that would work? Yeah. So triple net, you know, you're looking at your city taxes, your insurance and your common area maintenance. So those Three costs. So whether it be, you know, snow plowing and the common area maintenance type stuff. So that all rolls into those expenses. So you generalize that, you know, whether it be, like I say, around $10 in the north end of town, maybe in closer to the downtown area, you're looking more in that sort of. Five to seven. But yeah, basically, you know, the big one is taxes. And then insurance, of course, has gone up a little bit over the years, too. Here, basically, at the end of the year, you reconcile that to an actual and go from there. But
2: yeah, so the benefit of like a commercial investor finding one of these, they know their profit margin because they're going to do, say, 15 bucks a square foot. And then the extra five bucks a square foot for triple net, give or take, would then be paid for by the tenant. So You're not going to see that volatility as like a commercial landlord, but that's saying if you can get somebody into a triple net lease, that's kind of the benefit of doing the commercial, but it's also hard to put that onus on somebody that also doesn't want that volatility, right? When we're talking like small commercial spaces for small business owners, it works fine with like Home Depot. Yeah. They get it. But when you're trying to put a smaller business owner, it's hard to put that cost on them.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So that's where you're looking at a gross lease. And as the landlord, you've got to look at it big picture and sort of say, okay, well, what are my operating costs? And subsequently try and keep those increases coming every year to two. And hopefully it works out. Yeah. Are most of the leases triple net or gross? Or what do you do most? Most of the time they are triple net. yeah, Yeah, for sure. But like Taylor's saying, it's those smaller operators that you're dealing with that just can't wrap their head around well, why am i paying yeah. you know the cleaning of a four-story building when i'm only using my little 800 square feet here so yeah yeah i can see both sides of it to be honest but uh, yeah, yeah totally yeah. and then i
2: guess i mean same context like so this is a mixed you know commercial residential building like the last few years we've essentially had like a rent freeze for residential units how do you make up the loss expenses that the landlord i.e. me, you know, these Uh, capital expenditures. We knew we'd get Uh, back to this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so you prefer commercial leasing because like you're working with small businesses, you get to kind of dissect someone's you know, business plan, essentially, and figure out if it's a good fit.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I'm comparing commercial leasing versus, let's say, residential tenancies, absolutely, I'm going to go the commercial leasing route all day long just because of the volatility from the RTB and the likes. But, you know, commercial leasing, you're involving a lawyer from day one, and they're setting the terms out. And really, as somebody that's managing said lease, it just makes life a lot easier where, you know, you're Basically just following what that lease says. And it's much more structured. Basically it's just easier to deal with day to day. So yeah. Yeah. You find it pretty easy to find tenants commercial spots? There's been a lot of demand. Yeah. There's been a ton of demand of late. You know, since COVID, you know, there's been a lot of volatility out there, but there's been a lot of people coming back to the market and a lot of people looking for spaces. In a lot of cases, they're having to, though, potentially team up with other people and kind of go with that shared office situation just because of rates going up and the likes and just the volatility of, you know, businesses in general, small businesses in town here. So Yeah. yeah. As a commercial investor, where would you put your money in Vernon? Light industrial has really been a focus here. There's a lot of new projects coming to town as well that are going to see that light industrial business take off, I think in general. And it's something where... I know like at the end of Anderson Way, for example, we've got a project coming there that's the salt center. That's nine buildings, 350,000 square feet, but they're going to stratify some of that where people can get in and buy certain strata lots there and so on. There's the commerce building up there. There's the vaults that are being built. Well, Sheraton's Four Points is putting in a hotel and conference center up there. So there's a lot going on at that end of town as well just on the way up to Silver Star, there's Silver Star Gateway Project that's into third phase. Now they've leased out the first two. And so a lot of that has been focused on light industrial, but they're realizing that they've kind of gotten to a point where we got to incorporate a little more retail in. So that's going to be the third phase. And so, you know, from a commercial investor, People are looking for those services. People are looking to see where they can bring those businesses to town. I mean, there's obviously the Walmarts and the Home Depots and so on. They're getting established, but I think there's definitely some opportunities there. So you have to get the North End for sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this core downtown from a zoning standpoint, there's a lot of heritage still involved. So you're going to have to do some rezoning there. I know there's yeah. a project that just went to council this week that's 95 condos with Commercial on the bottom, and so that's intriguing. So that's going to bring some densification to the downtown core here. There's another project on Alexis Park Drive, which is just sort of two blocks from here. Yeah, yeah. and that's actually three towers, ten stories each, commercial on the bottom. So it's a company out of Edmonton that's heading that up, Joss Can I think properties. So we'll see. Well, I mean, the reality is that we've gotten to the point in Vernon and surrounding areas that you know buying your piece of land and building a home has gotten to be a tough proposition. So, you know, we're realizing that, you know, densification needs to happen. And and that's what this downtown core is going to see over the next little bit. So subsequently we get that kind of influx of residential units. They're going to need the services. They're going to need the restaurants and so on. I mean, even now you come downtown on a Friday evening and it's tough to get in to a lot of these restaurants and places. So yeah, yeah. it's coming. So Emily and I, obviously we lived
2: in Vernon for eight months when we came back from overseas and, There's some awesome spots, like Martin's Brewery, is it? Yeah, Martin's Brewery, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. awesome spot. The ramen place down below. Yeah, there's a good Mexican place, good sushi. Like, it's got those good little hubs. And even, like, what is it, the Field of Scare for Halloween?
0: Oh, yeah, out of the
2: Key French there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went, it was insane, like hundreds of people. I don't yeah. know. Well, I guess it comes from the 75,000 people surrounding it. But like, it is a cool spot. I know you're laughing, but so I think it's awesome. We had Taylor Muso on a couple episodes ago, and we were kind of debating at the end, you know, the difference between Penticton and Vernon and which one's yeah. better to invest in. To me, they seem like such different asset classes. I it, agree with that totally. Maybe I was a little more biased, you know, <laughs> saying, hey, I like Vernon because I feel it's more stable for growth in terms of. People live here year-round. There's small businesses. It just seems to be a little more like this is a larger community base where Penticton seems more transitory. But then she countered with a lot of very valid points. So I was completely torn. But I guess what's your take on it, like between the two? Not that you have to pick one or the other, but what makes Vernon unique within the Okanagan?
0: If you asked my 17-year-old daughter, she'd be like, get me out of here because there's just so... You know, I'm graduating high school and then I'm out of here. I think a lot of it has to see you know, where you are demographically and so on. But, you know, for your average family that is raising their kids here and so on, it's got a lot to offer as far as, you know, yes, we don't have the best rec center and pools and so on, but those are all coming, right? And they're not bad. They're pretty nice here. They're yeah. Not and, terrible. Uh, you know, Cal Center, there's a huge development going beside Caltire Center where they're going to do a new pool, a new... You know, all that stuff is coming. So, you know, from, like you say, seasonality standpoint, between... The golfing and the hiking mm. and the lakes. I mean, Cal Lake is yeah. one of the most beautiful lakes in <laughs> the world. The, yeah, world. Yeah. yeah. A nice, uh, so yeah. you know, and then you've got Okanagan Lake where you know I live just at the head of Okanagan Lake. There we can look down. I could literally get in a boat and go all the way to Penticton if we wanted. So stop by my I, place for lunch. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, from a perspective of you know raising a family and yeah. doing all that kind of stuff. I mean, just there's endless. And then you get the winter, and it's got Silver Star. You've got snowmobile trails. You know, there's yeah. a ton of stuff to going on here. Also so. Vernon
1: is kind of the gateway to the north of BC. Also Alberta. Like it's yeah. closer to the highway. Like Penticton is really farther away from that kind of and Yeah. Thing, right? So like obviously Kelowna's in the middle, but I think Vernon is underrated from the point of close to Kamloop, like close to where the industries are happening. Yeah, Camel- yeah. Comes
2: Alberta like having
0: such close proximity. Yeah. Yeah. Huge value there. Yeah. Come every June. It's like well, it's the red invasion you see all the red yeah. <laughs> license plates and it's like yeah. it's great though i mean that brings a ton of business to our you know yeah and they want to bring their boats they want to buy up expensive lakefront property yeah. and so i mean if we need to get into the whole short-term uh well yeah they won't have anywhere to stay but now the sheraton's building so the, yeah 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 i don't know about that argument of oh just build more hotels and that'll <laughs> cover off the uh, short-term stays Exemptions, I'm not sure, but anyways. Well, now that I'm looking at this office,
2: it would be a good little mini hotel room we could start getting some revenue on. To circle back to the investment piece, to me, Vernon seems like it still has a lot of growth, but in terms of like lease rates, I don't know the Kelowna market that well for lease rates, but it seems fairly comparable for the cost you're buying out here. Like you do a bit of leasing in Kelowna too, right? Yeah, I do. Like obviously, it's hard to generalize, but you know at say 20 bucks a square foot inclusive of triple net well i mean you could say 30 bucks because it's a newer product in north vernon are you finding similar products in kelowna or is it astronomically
0: more expensive i wouldn't say astronomically but i'm sure there's a you know 15 to 20 percent more in kelowna area i've found geez i mean i did one at that urban point center there and that was over 50 dollars a square foot and i thought to the tenant going in there i'm like are you serious like you really want to do this and she's like yeah It's where I want to be and it's going to get the traffic. So from a general standpoint, much like real estate, from a residential standpoint, commercial real estate here is probably, you know, you've got your 15 to 20% less, I'd
2: say here. I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of a cap rate for an investor, there's more room to grow here. I find. So if you're buying in Kelowna, I don't know, use like a low four to mid four cap. Vernon, you can still see in the fives. Like yeah, what... I still see, you know, fives and sixes occasionally. So in today's market, that's a really healthy cap rate if you're buying in terms of yeah,
0: and investment I mean, property. There again, I, we get a lot of calls from Vancouver and so on where they, you know, subsequently they're looking at threes, yeah. 3% cap rate down there. And it's like they look they're like six. Are you kidding me? We get a lot of spinoff from that where there's folks from the coast that are looking at us up here as well and, and yeah. saying, you know, The potential is there for sure.
2: Yeah. And for a listener, it's basically just if you were to buy a property in cash, like not be debt servicing it, that's kind of the return on investment is the capitalization rate. So, like, you know, to invest in Vancouver at a two or a 3% cap, you're banking on that there's good appreciation in terms of rental income. There's always going to be that demand, less vacancy. And then, you know, you move to Kelowna and inherently there's going to be a little bit more quote unquote risk. So that's why the cap rate goes up because it's, you know, a better return for the investor. But to drive an hour and increase your cap rate by half a percent to a full percent to me is just kind of a no brainer. If someone's looking to get into the market as an investor, I still feel strongly that like Vernon, Penticton, kind of the outshoots of Mm -hmm. Kelowna, are a lot of investors still finding product here to invest in that are Uh,
0: interesting? There is, but it's starting to get to the point where the secret's out though a little bit. So it's starting to get a little sparse, but overall, yeah, I mean, you look at as well, the airport's only 25 minutes away, right? So a lot of people will look at that and say, you know. Really, if I'm you know working internationally or you know looking for good shopping and the likes, what's a 45 minute drive into Kelowna? It's not too bad. So yeah.
2: well, it was a bit of a trick question. If you said, "Yeah, I
1: have a lot of inventory for good investors," and like, why aren't you sending me in? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I grew up in Vernon, and we hardly ever went to Kelowna. Like we did a little bit, like probably like once every three months or something, but now. I just feel like the distance has almost gotten shorter. I don't know if that's just because I'm older and driving myself <laughs> or it's like, it just feels like it's not that big
0: a deal. Like I, no, just, I that highway made a little bit of a difference too, where they yeah. scoot around with oh, yeah. lake there and stuff. So yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel like a Really, just, it's less than an hour. Yeah, I and mean, mean, if you're working
1: somewhere up north like Fort McMurray or something, like driving the 40 minutes to the airport compared to living in the lower mission, like it's probably the similar distance like time wise yeah. driving to the airport yeah right so like i don't think that's a huge factor
2: no you're talking before actually
0: predator ridge i didn't realize the numbers up there how big they were yeah over a thousand people living up there that's insane 1300 acres of property that they have they're just constantly expanding heading sort of south towards cars landing way it's insane so do you you know
2: thinking of tower ranch where it's like lease land properties for the residential
0: is it lease land up there or is it nope. freehold? no it's freehold? It's freehold, yeah. yeah. The latest project, I think it was called Outlook. I just saw some advertising on it. We're talking $1.8 million townhouse, four bedroom townhouse. It's like, really? <laughs> but they're selling it, just keeps expanding, and they've got Sparkling Hill yeah. on top there, which has become a real destination point for a lot of people as well. Where they're not golfers, are coming there to hang out at the spa for a couple days, and so it's really become a International destination as well, but at the same time, they've kind of priced us locals out of the golf market. I mean, I think it's two hundred and fifty bucks to go play around of golf there now, so it's not for the faint of heart, for sure.
2: Yeah, but it's only a beautiful shoot.
0: One hundred and twenty.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say it's a dollar a swing. Piece, but like, it's pretty good. It's a nice course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Sparkling Hills is nice too. It's kind of like James Bond when you're driving into it. I don't know. Maybe you guys can comment. It feels a little outdated. Like we've only been there once. Doesn't it? When was it built? Like 20 years ago? No, I'm oh, going yes. I'm, to no. I'm get sued by the owners first. No, I think it was finished being built like 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Time flies. Hey. It's
0: How many million did they spend on that? That was like
1: yeah. $180 million. Piece. These crystals are just so out right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're so 2010. That whole property, though, in general, is just, it's amazing what they've done up there and it's just not stopping. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What's going on
2: with the college? Just like up the hill as you're leaving Vernon. I see they're building like yeah, a large
0: structure there too. They're building residence there as well. So oh, really, uh, that's something there again. I think it's six-story building with 70 plus units. So yeah, they're gonna have a on-site residence there as well. And yeah, that college is there again, from a trades perspective, that has to do with that trades program that they've got going there. They're somehow interconnected and it's yeah. really taken off.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, just on the drive out here. It's gotta be one of my favorite drives. I mean, you probably do it more often than I do that, yeah. but like Cal Lake is just insane there. And then the rail trail, like we've done that a couple of times. There's some good wineries like Oyama area over to here. Like I just find there's so much potential in this region. That's kind of untapped. Maybe the one downfall that hasn't been exposed yet is like the lakefront properties, are residential lakefront properties. Like there's not a lot of like boardwalks, small businesses.
0: Is there anything in the pipeline for that? There is like down the end of Okanagan Lake there, there's definitely some development potential and there's been some plans. There's been some towers that are proposed and so on and a full commercial set up there, but just hasn't come together yet. So a lot of that land that are talking of, though, it's you know, fairly marsh type land that's going to need a fair bit of infrastructure and so on to, to pull it together. But eventually will happen. But it also borders on native land there as well so there's going to have to be some consultation between the band there and what they own and what they deal with and, and as well just private enterprise so yeah that would be huge for the area if we could take advantage of that beautiful lakes yeah you know so but whereas vernon proper is sort of more in the middle of those two lakes and really doesn't take advantage of that, similar to clone I always thought Pinticton that was
1: missed opportunity in bern Yeah. We have like the city, like you have two beautiful lakes and you build your city farthest <laughs> part. Of this part of they just like couldn't people. decide which I lake know, like, they wanted to be on. Exactly. So like literally a 20 minute drive to either lake, maybe not that much, 15 minute. Yeah. To either lake from downtown. And then they, you start building north, you're just getting farther away. I just thought that was a little bit crazy. Like Cal Lake is one of the most beautiful lakes in the world. There should have been like some places for the public to enjoy, not just the beach, but like trail, like you said, like a walking path and some stores and
0: yeah, I think there should be some planning for that. Certainly Coldstream District and so on, the rail trail starting right there. They've got a cafe going and, you know, Stand up paddleboard shop that's super successful. So they're trying. It's coming. There's Sun Country Cycle open down that way. Yeah. That's Their the businesses. Yeah. There. Beautiful yeah. buildings. So, I mean, they're trying, but kind of the logistics of how it's played out hasn't been super successful yet. But yeah, I mean, there's potential there. It's just a matter of. Uh,
1: I think Coldstream too has like a really big NIMBY reputation. Eh? like not in my backyard.
2: Yeah. I mean, for good reason,
1: I'd probably be the same if I was
2: there. Coldstream's such a cool little pocket. <laughs> I would be super protective of that. Are people like divided in Vernon? If you're like, oh, you're from Vernon? They're like, no, no, I'm from Coldstream. Like, is it? Totally, yeah. yeah.
0: I got buddies that are like, hey, you're going to have your passport to come over to Coldstream. Like, there's a whole nother level here. It
2: was weird, even for lenders. So I did a mortgage in Coldstream and the lender was like, oh, you know, our municipality population has to be over a certain, you know. They wouldn't lend in Coldstream? Well, they were against it. Because of the population listed, like obviously these lenders aren't local. Well, some of them aren't local. Yeah. So this one was out east and they were like, well, the population there on the census, I forget what it was, was like less than 10,000 people or something. And they're like, so we can't lend there. I was like, well, if you just Google Vernon, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> the
0: same, right? Then yeah. I kind of thought- It's myself. not exactly I'm the like, Rutland like, to your yeah, Kelowna. Like, the... Am
2: I insulting <laughs> someone from Coldstream by saying it's the same as Vernon? But I mean, they would use Vernon Hospital,
1: right? It's Absolutely. absolutely yeah. Them. Yeah. That's odd. That's someone that obviously just does not know what's going on. Yeah. That's too funny. (laughs) Yeah, But yeah, I would protect Coldstream too. Like Cousins Bay?
2: Awesome. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Okay. Before we kind of get into some of the wrap up stuff, if someone's looking for property manager in terms of commercial space, what should you kind of look for? I mean, diving in off script here, but yeah. What are kind of the key things that
0: you offer clients that really help benefit them? I mean, a lot of it comes down to the relationship of trusting said property manager to uh, basically take your investment to that next level, right? And so, like I say, I've been at property management for about 15 years here and doing a lot of residential, and now for the last eight years, I guess, doing a lot of commercial as well, where really it comes down to you know that trust factor of, okay, getting the most out of your property and sort of having a look at you know the overall grand scheme of what capital improvements have to happen, What connections does that property manager have in town to help find, you know, you the best deal, so to speak, and subsequently be able to work through those issues and try and, you know, without spending outrageous amounts of money, really just get the best bang for your buck overall and really look at how are you playing out that scenario over the next, you know, five to 10 years and subsequently said investor has to realize that it's a long term play, where is that going to end up? down the road here so yeah
2: well you've always been a very calming person for me in my life you know i think back to when we're both watching the video cameras on say a new year's when the basement's flooding because the sprinkler (sighs) system went off you know just a great person to talk to in those (laughs) chaotic type moments you need to align just in like morals ethics the way you want to approach things so yeah when you and i first started to work together i remember and i probably came off as a bit of a douche but like <laughs> he does I, yeah still do yeah i'm much better uh, when it's edited so that's why i put everything on yeah. recording now but yeah like i did the vivid vision exercise and i've spoken about this book before where you kind of like lay out you know what your 3 5 year goal is and i sent that off to you and we met like a couple times prior and then i sent that off and we had like lunch and in there it was like snowboarding and health and family and business and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, I really want us to have a relationship where it's like we can go do a business meeting on the ski hill and chat on the chairlift and come up with solutions. So I'm proud to say we did that last One. year. Yeah, yeah. Got that in once. Worst ski day ever. <laughs> Massively mild out. Graham and I were both like stuck in the snow. It was slush. There's trees that fell over freaking everywhere. Oh no. Wow, we're so gonna... my experience on Silver Star has not been that great. But the point is like, I think we align really well on, you know, how we want to deal with things in the future of the building and just our lives in general, having a good balance. So
0: for me too, I mean, it's having that relationship with the tenants, whether they be commercial or residential as well, and gaining their trust that I'm overseeing this property in the best of their interests as well. And yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I don't only work for the landlord. You know, you have to give them the impression that, you know, You're as much invested in their business and you want them to succeed, right? I mean, you know, the businesses within Sun Valley, for example, I mean, they're all doing quite well, I think. And I think that's because they feel confident that overall they're happy with the way things are going, I think as well. So that's a big factor too, where you just have to, you know, gain everyone's trust really in the end of the day. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and you've done a really good job too. I mean, it's kind of like matchmaker, like you're placing all these tenants that like collectively have to work under one roof and get along and feed off each other, you know? So, yeah, it's not an easy job to place a tenant, right? You're thinking just lots of people are saying, great, I'll just buy this building and fill the vacancy. But if you put a wrong tenant in, whether residential or commercial, you know, it could be catastrophic. So
0: Yeah, and I mean, certainly from a residential standpoint, that's become a huge issue out there where investors have been reluctant to have rental properties just because of that. You know, I don't want to deal with the tenant scenario because what happens if they stop paying the rent, they're causing issues. And unfortunately, the way tenancy board has the rules laid out, it can be a difficult thing. But if you're doing it by the book and you have a good relationship with those people and they understand that you're not coming down on them and you're not trying to be, you know, heavy handed, so to speak, then yeah. really, you know, hopefully in the end of the day, you're able to get through those issues and not take it to arbitration because that's the last place I'd want to be. Yeah.
1: Do you deal with RTB a lot? Obviously you do, but like if there's
0: an issue, like how does your role work with that? Yeah. So if you're acting as the agent for the landlord, yeah, as the property manager, you are the one that ends up dealing with an arbitration, whether it be, you know, non-payment of rent or an issue over deposits or things like that. But yeah, you're the one that deals with that. It's a conference call with the tenant. But you know, first ten years or so, or not even eight years of doing this, I think I was in a multitude of arbitration cases, and generally it would go well. It seems like over the last four to five years where the government is basically put in place where they're like, you know what, do everything in your power to try and keep said tenant in place because of housing issues and so on. And yeah. and it's become a much more difficult process for, for a landlord or their agent to deal with. So I can understand the frustration there for sure.
2: Yeah, we got to start wrapping this up a bit. So uh, if you could purchase one property in the Okanagan
0: in the next year, what would it be? Thinking about this, and I mean, I've got a daughter, like I said, that's graduating high school this year. So uh, we are thinking about where she's going to go off to in the next year or two. And, you know, the idea of the campus downtown at Kelowna is pretty inviting. And you guys were on with one varsity there. Sid. Blen- Sid. Blen- yeah. yeah. So he made a lot of good points there. So, I mean, depending on uh, where that comes in, I mean, something like that would be a fantastic idea where, you know, I could potentially purchase daughter could live there for a few years and then subsequently my son he's 12 you know right. maybe he'll end up there one day but uh you know from an overall investment i think that'd be a good buy for sure yeah yeah i yeah, you know, fully agree yeah.
1: yeah what's the best thing
0: you've ever spent any money on actually something i just purchased weeks ago and i actually haven't had a chance to use them yet but i've got a custom pair of ski boots coming in oh. that are like high end so yeah, that's one of my pet peeves. is getting up to a ski hill and a minus twenty, and you're putting this plastic yeah. boot on your foot. It's just so uncomfortable. Yeah, so yeah. I got a buddy that works at Olympia Ski and Bike here in town, and so he's setting me up with nice. a sweet pair of boots. So I'm hoping they'll make all the difference this year. So they will. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they will. What's
2: the best book or quote you have for
0: us? You know, I got to be honest. I'm not a big reader, but I do love the Malcolm Gladwell series there in the Outliers book was fantastic. Just perspective of the way he takes statistics and runs with them where, you know, a big hockey guy, NFL guy, that kind of stuff. And he he laid out how 80% of NHL players were born between the months of January and March and how that subsequently... I read that book too. He's talking about the Kelowna Rockets in that book too. Oh, Yeah, he is. And he talks
1: about how, like he doesn't name the players on the team, but he names their birthdays. And they're like, all the players are before April, and it's because of the draft, because of the way you enter hockey. It's like you're
0: Because just, you're going to be bigger, right? Because you're...
1: Yeah, you're always going to be a little bit bigger, and then by the
0: time it doesn't matter, you've already put yourself ahead. Because, yeah, I see that too. I mean, I'm a soccer guy as well. I play a lot, and I coach my daughter's team, and I noticed that through her progression from the age of sort of 9, 10... I've coached her team all along and I'd ask them, I'm like, what's your birthday? I mean, my daughter's <laughs> in March, for example. Yeah, yeah. And when you look at a, you know, 15 year old that is born in January, February, yeah. March versus October, November, there's a huge gap there. Right. And then as well, bigger kids say, or you're, you've got uh, that advantage. So then you make the A team yeah. you get better yeah. coaching and then you get, yeah. so it just, it all lends to that. So it's amazing how that kind of plays out and I've kind of kept it. In the back of my mind, when I was just chatting with uh, some of the kids that are I've coached over the years as well, so
1: that book is so interesting because yeah, I have read that book a few times, mm-hmm. but it's like that's awesome to do with like sports just because of when you start, but also like he's talking about the tech billionaires and like the years they were born were basically the most important factor, and yep. like Bill Gates and all these guys, like it was basically he just laid out how. The year they were born, where they were born, was pretty much the most important factor So
2: this is why I'm not successful. (laughs) Finally, I've been looking for something I blame it on, and this is it.
0: Likewise, yeah. I'm an October birth, and I'm like, oh, that's why I sucked at hockey. It wasn't that I hated getting up at 5 a.m. to go to practice. It was that I was born in the wrong month.
1: I know. (laughs) It is super interesting that when you start breaking it down like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We've got one more
2: question for uh, Tis the Season, because this is getting into the Christmas months. What is a charity of choice you'd like to share with our listeners?
0: Well, being part of Century 21, we're involved with Easter Seals Camp and... Camp Winfield is one particular one that we deal with in the Okanagan here. So every deal that we do, I think we do $21 because it's Century 21, goes towards camp there. And it's something that resonates with me because actually uh, my father, near the end of his career on Vancouver Island, he actually started his own prep school actually. It was a feeder school into private schools and English as a second language, long story there. But anyways, he was managing Easter Seal Camp Shonigan and lived right there for a number of years. So I would go back and visit them in the summer and so on. There'd be camps going on and I just got a real soft spot for that charity in general and what they provide to those kids. Each year is pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, I think Emily actually did a camp there as well because she's obviously from the and Valley and yeah, yeah,
0: that's a really good one. It's a cool spot, yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up over on the island, Shawanigan Lake, and yeah, yeah, another beautiful lake to grow up on. So yeah, yeah. It's a cool spot. spot.
1: Yeah, awesome for sure. All right, Graham, how can us or our listeners help
0: you? Give me a call, look me up on Instagram and so on. But uh, I mean, from a you know commercial property management, that's my focus, and commercial in general leasing and sales and so on. So yeah. Yeah, if anybody wants to know anything going on in the Vernon and area, because it's just not Vernon, like I say, you know, there's Armstrong, there's a lot of surrounding areas that that we do business in as well. So uh, look me up.
2: What's been the biggest book of business you had for like units under management?
0: I'm looking at the guy right now. No. <laughs> no, yeah. When I was just REMAX, I mean, I was managing well over 200 units with them. So it was, yeah, it was I think 220 or so. And so, yeah, that was pretty, yeah, uh, a lot.
2: Yeah. Matt managing two. You're, <laughs> you're cursing every night about it. Yeah. I'm blown away how
0: calm you can be. You've looked at the top of my head though, right? So it's, <laughs> there's a reason I don't have any hair anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I've had some interesting horror stories but same time you know it's all good now so yeah
2: yeah okay well yeah thanks for letting us invite ourselves to your office and appreciate the insight on the Vernon
1: Market thank yeah. you so much it's been awesome thanks guys thanks for listening to the Kelowna real estate podcast be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey please show some support by hitting the like share and subscribe button this is sponsored by Matt Glenn real estate And Taylor Adventure Mortgages.